We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Your official station to talk Yankees. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. All right, back here on the fan. No NBA on tonight, some hockey on tonight. But now we shift gears a little bit and talk NFL, specifically the New York football Giants. On the line right now is Dan Duggan, who covers the Giants, who I follow on Twitter. I've got post notifications on because he just seems to know everything going on as soon as it's going on. What's up, Dan? Thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now, I got to start off, obviously, with Xavier McKinney, 23-year-old safety, captain on the team at age 23. I mean, the kid coming out of Alabama was just a surefire prospect, and uh, he already is, you know, a big part of what the Giants do defensively and a part of this year's Giants team, the success that they've had. I know he wasn't drafted by Brian Dable and Joe Shane, but this is certainly disappointing uh, hearing the news that came out of him on the bye week. I'll say this. I I greeted it like this yesterday. You know, Joe Shane came on WFAN. He was on Tiki and Tierney. He did like a little media run. And he mentioned that Daniel Jones was in the building, that Daniel Jones was there 730, you know, eating breakfast, getting ready to put in work. And I I thought, wow, that's a great example to set. And that's a sign of a guy that knows he's in a contract year. He's not taking any chances. Now, uh, what are your thoughts on – the whole uh, broken fingers, broken hand situation with uh, Xavier McKinney. I, for one, don't think it was a freak accident. Uh, I know there's parts of that in his contract about being on an ATV. I think there's more that we don't know, but it is what it is. I guess we got to kind of leave it alone. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot there. To me, I can't begrudge a guy for going away on this bye week. I mean, Dable gave him six days off, which is uh, a pretty long time. I kind of affords guys that opportunity to give them a shorter weekend maybe they're not likely to go away so uh you, you want the guys to go away that you know put in a lot of time you know eight weeks and, and it was time to unplug but obviously once you have that time i think lamar jackson said a post game last night like it's not vacation and i think that's where you have to probably draw the line um like you said we don't know exactly what happened you know on the atv or he called it like a can-am i think uh, i'm not too too familiar with all these uh these four-wheel vehicles but bottom line like you said, it's in his contract, and it's funny because the way the contracts are worded, you know, lawyers are obviously involved. There's really nothing that says you can't be on an ATV, but it says if you are unable to play due to something that happens while you're riding an ATV, um, you know, you can be subject to forfeiting guaranteed money. Now, 
that's sort of a uh, a pill that's thrown in there. If it was a guy they want to get rid of, they could exercise it. It's not really going to be a factor as Dave McKinney. Um, you know, he's still looked at as a foundational piece. I, I can't imagine this incident has changed that. So I don't know if they're going to want to, you know, quab, you know, quabble over a couple hundred grand when this is a guy who might be signed here for you know eight figure contract in the not too distant future. Um, but definitely, it has to be disappointing. I mean, I think first of all, the fact that you, know, you hope this isn't a major injury. I mean, he was non-committal, so he can be able to return this season. Uh, and then you know, beyond that, just the fact that they're losing one of their best defensive players for at least the next four games. Uh, for something that was certainly preventable, that that definitely has to be disappointing and, and frustrating, um, even though they might not say all that publicly. Right. So I think, you know, most people have kind of accepted it. It's unfortunate. It's disappointing. It is what it is. It's going to be a lesson for this young man. And it's a tale as old as time. Uh, I heard Carton and Roberts talking about Aaron Boone playing basketball. And we've seen this. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. fell off a motorcycle that stopped him going into his baseball season. I think uh Ben Roethlisberger had something like that. It happens. It's just right. rare to see it happen in season uh, during a bye week. And it's just unfortunate for a team like the Giants who has trended up and uh, played above expectations to lose a figure like that. Like, he's he's a big part of their team. So where do the Giants go from here? How do they adapt? I feel like they've already had the next man up culture this whole season. You know, they've lost some guys and they're relying on some lesser no names. What's what's the move? What's the next thing to uh, kind of you know who's the next man up? How do they replace him? Yeah, yeah, no. So at some point, there's just not a next man up. You know, they're gonna have to go pretty deep into that mentality. Um, you know, player for player, it'd be Dane Belton, who you're talking about, a rookie fourth round pick, who uh, his his playing time has kind of varied week to week just based on the game plan. He's certainly never been in every snap. You know, you know, playing in the base defense, playing in all the sub packages. So this will be a major change for him. Uh, more is going to fall on Julian Love's shoulders, who he already is an every snap player, but now he'll have the green dot on his helmet, meaning he'll be getting the play calls from Rick Martindale and then be responsible for communicating that to the rest of the defense. But it's really going to be Belton, I think, who uh, most will fall on his shoulders. They have another young player, Jason Pinnock, who you know has played one defensive snap uh, so far this season. So certainly a, a lot of inexperience. And with McKinney, you're talking about a guy who had the longest active snap streak uh, for defensive players in the NFL dating back to, I think it was week three of last season. So he's on the field every single play. So that is not an easy thing to replace. And I think people might look at his stats from last year and, and his stats this year and say, oh, he's not playing as well because he doesn't have all the interceptions. Think about this. How many times have the Giants been burnt by deep passes this year? How many coverage breakdowns have there been in the back end of the secondary? The answer is very few. And right. I think that's the type of stuff that doesn't show up in a stat sheet. But when I talk to people within the organization, that's where I think that there's a little nerves that he was very valuable in, in terms of all of that. Now, Dane Belton, you know, I don't care what his combine time is or anything like that. Will he be able as a rookie to come in and have that same type of influence, um, you know, in terms of just keeping everybody on the same accord? I mean, that is the, the major question. And again, there's a reason why Xavier McKinney was in the role he was in. He was very good at it. So now you're putting basically a totally unknown in there. So that's, um, you know, that's a, that's a big question mark. And that's why this is such a big deal because, um, you know, he's a major piece of this team. And in the NFL, when we see it in-game, right, a, a DB goes down and they put a rookie in, he's got a target on his back. So he's, he's going to have a little bit of a target on his back, but they play the Houston Texans, and they play them at home. I'm not you know, saying the Houston Texans aren't an NFL team that can challenge, but at least right away he's got a, you know, a lesser opponent to get reps against. And this, I think this defense will be able to uh, figure it out. And you know, if the offense scores enough points, it shouldn't really matter. Let's shift to talking about Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay is a guy that I've 
told fans, like, you know, don't lump him in with Kadarius Tony. I was saying that a month ago. And then Tony gets traded, and you hear him say, I've been trying to get back on the field, right? He expressed that he had never been on a 6-1 and team, a team that uh, could potentially win double-digit 10 wins plus this year. And today we see clips of him practicing, running. Number 19 is back. And uh, what are you expecting to see out of Kenny Galladay Sunday? Yeah, well, I think there's there's a uh, both sides that coin with the Kendarius Tony. Yes, I don't think he's similar to him uh, attitude-wise, but in terms of what each guy brings as a playmaker at this stage in the career, he doesn't compare there either. You know, I think that's the problem. I don't think Kenny Galladay. I think people want to ascribe that he's lazy or he dogs it. Like I, I just don't think that's the case. I mean, even the play he got hurt on against Chicago, it was him, you know, blocking 20 yards downfield and he got tangled up. So I don't think. Um, that label's ever really made sense. He kind of carries himself with a little aloof personality. I think that maybe feeds into it. But I think the bigger problem is he just had no juice on the field. Like, he looks like a guy who got old fast. He had a lot of injuries. Now he's come here and had more injuries. So uh, I think the, the chance of him coming back, I mean, big impact player, are probably slim. At the same time, you know, we've seen what they've been trotting out there wide receiver week in and week out. Uh, he at least has some pedigree. You kind of think Joe Shane said he was – Fingers crossed he'd be back. I think fingers crossed also that maybe he can rediscover some of that form because I think you've seen some of these guys who were kind of nice stories when they were playing a little bit. You start playing them 65, 75, 85 percent of the snaps, and their shortcomings get revealed. I mean, at least Galladay at one point in time um, could fill that role. Again, I'm not super optimistic he's going to suddenly rediscover that form, but at least you know it was there, and you know he's got to be an upgrade sort of to what they've been putting out there. So I understand you know there'd be some hope there because I do think he has the right attitude. I just wonder physically if he's a difference maker because he really hasn't been that since he signed that contract here. Yeah, and I don't expect him to come in and and have a hundred yard game Sunday, but he's a big body. He can block, and he also could be used potentially in the red zone. And like you said, when you look at the receivers that the Giants have, uh, he's a guy with a little bit more experience than some of them, and maybe at least he could be a decoy or draw some attention. Maybe he's he's not uh, the Kenny Galladay that they were calling Baby Tron back in Detroit, but hopefully he's got something left for the price tag that he carries. I'm rooting for him, and uh, I hope he's able to help Daniel Jones. And I've already mentioned Daniel Jones and his work ethic. You know, what are your thoughts on Daniel Jones the rest of the season? Looking at the schedule, there's some winnable games, and uh, I think he's already proved a lot of people wrong. Staying healthy, not turning the ball over, winning games. And if he puts together a good rest of this season and leads this team to the playoffs, I think there's a good chance that he's the quarterback of the Giants in the future. Yeah, I mean, I think if he does what he did these first eight games for these final nine games, then yeah, I think the that the totally the, the situation totally shifts. But I think it was pretty interesting that Joe Shane made made a point to say like there's still nine games left. Like they're not going to sit here and just commit to anything right now because yes, eight games. Uh, obviously, the team results have been good. Jones has done what's been needed to be done. We know he hasn't been surrounded by the best supporting cast. But I think they still want to see it, and they still want to see it for nine more weeks. So it seems to stay healthy for nine more weeks. And, um, you know, again, it's hard It's hard to evaluate the, the passing numbers, everything with the receivers he's throwing to, some of the old line deficiencies. But at the same time, if they're going to have to make a decision at the end of this year if they're going to commit, you know, 30 plus million dollars a year. Like, is this the way they want to play? Like, sure, it's worked. They've squeaked out a lot of these close games. But it can't be the way Brian Dable envisioned playing offense when he came here. You know, hats off to the coaching staff for making it work. Hats off to Daniel Jones for, um, you know, again, he does work really hard and he's a smart guy. And he's kind of squeezed everything out of this uh, this personnel they have. But I still think that that jury is still very much out. Um, and I've always said, even as someone who's a bit of a Jones skeptic, 
it, the, the beauty of this is in his hands. If they win enough games and he plays well enough, well, there really isn't a decision to make because if you're picking 26, it's, it's a lot harder to get that next quarterback. Whereas if they lost a lot of games, the decision would be easier in the other direction. But I, I still think it's very much up in the air. Um, and, you know, he, it's totally on him. He's got to finish strong and the team's got to finish strong. And that makes the decision uh, a lot harder to move on if, if that's the way they're leaning. All right. Now, what about Saquon Barkley? He was held to 50 yards in the last game, and I think he's a little banged up. I think they said he might have had a knee. Uh, did you see him in practice? And uh, what is, what's your outlook for Saquon the rest of the season? He, he's been up there in the rushing totals. Uh, obviously, with a bye, he probably dropped back some. But, you know, I, I look for him to finish strong. I look for him to be the guy the rest of the way, similar to the way he was to start the season. Yeah, I think the bye came at a, a great time for him. And actually, Jones as well, because Jones was, you know, kind of more banged up than he was letting on. And then with Saquon, yeah, he had that shoulder injury in the Packers game. And he's clearly just been playing through that. And, I mean, he's still been productive. You think back to that Jacksonville game where uh, he had that one run in the second half where he's just, you know, juking everybody, you know, out of their jocks. I mean, he's still capable of that. But I think you could tell, I think he's favoring that shoulder injury a little bit. Um, with Seattle, I really think they just had a great game plan and executed it really well. Uh, obviously, every team is going to try to do that, but it's kind of easier said than done. But I think, um, you know, the fact that he had the two weeks off, I think, you know, I don't know how long that shoulder is going to be probably something that nags him all year because you think about your running back, you're either going to get hit or land on that shoulder pretty frequently. So I'm not sure that two weeks will be enough to cure it, but I think it certainly helps. I think, you know, he's, he put a lot of tread on those tires the first eight games. So uh, being able to take a little breather, I think, will, will do him well. And so, yeah, they're going to have to ride him because, you know, everything we just talked about Daniel Jones, and the key to this team's success has been the run game, whether it's Jones and, and obviously more so Saquon. I think the only way they continue this is if, if Saquon continues to produce that level again. It's going to be hard because teams are certainly aware of that and are going to focus on him. But, you know, through most of the first half, it didn't seem to matter because he still found a way to either wear teams down or just break the big runs when they needed it. And um, that's been the formula that's worked, and, and they're going to need to count on that for nine more games. We saw Richie James drop two footballs, fumble the ball, and he was, uh, you know, on special teams turning the ball over re- returning punts. I think I saw a tweet of yours about, uh, you know, different guys as punt returners catching punts today. And uh, Darnay Holmes, Adoree Jackson, I think you said that uh, Holmes will be back there Sunday, but he he dropped his first attempt. So <laughs> who are you thinking? Is, is he definitely the guy? Is Holmes, you know, looking like the guy that's going to be returning punts for the Giants moving forward? I would say that's the way it's, it's trending. I mean, he was the one guy who went in there last uh, in the Seattle game, because obviously not only James had the two fumbles, he suffered a concussion on, on the second one, so he had to leave the game, and uh, they probably would have made a change anyways, but they put Holmes back there for the last punt. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said, he must have punted today in practice, not to overreact to one play in practice, but having watched him, he's always kind of been a guy that, you know, a handful of guys go back and just field the punts during practice, and he's always looked a little shaky, so I would think that they're going to hold their breath if they put him back there, but um, there isn't a great other option on the roster. I mean, a lot of um, fans have said, you know, Wondell Robinson, but he didn't do it as much as you probably would think for a guy with kind of his shiftiness in college, and, and they haven't really put him back there, you know, consistently in practice. He's back there sometimes. He's not others. He was there today. Uh, I'm not sure they're going to, you know, put him into that role. Dory Jackson, I mean, again, do you want to put your number one cornerback there? I think Giants fans are still scarred from Jason Seahorn. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, I would think Holmes is the next guy up. I mean, it's, it's not – an ideal situation. I think ideally he would have probably had to try out and sign some veteran who's, you know, has, you know, a hundred returns in his career. You feel a lot more comfortable putting back there, but um, you know, it's kind of is what it is. And uh, I think they'll have to probably roll with Holmes. Uh, I can't see them putting Richie James back out there when he is healthy. Um, he's got three fumbles on 15 returns. That's kind of a ridiculous uh, rate. You just can't, can't trust the guy to put him back in that situation. So 
think it'll be Holmes, and I think they'll be holding their breath a little bit because, again, it, it doesn't always look uh, that pretty in practice. Yeah, and I saw you mention Khalil Pimpleton. I'm like, oh, that's the guy from Hard Knocks, and I love that. <laughs> Uh, Hard Knocks ended, and they showed that he went to the Giants and was able to be signed, so he wasn't out of league. Last question for you now. You know, I've had you for 15 minutes. The Odell Beckham Jr. talk. I mean, Odell came out and mentioned um, looking for a place that he could spend the next three, four years and buy a home. He's obviously just turned 30 this week, and he's got a, a little boy, a, a wife. Uh, he's mature now. He mentioned the reunion do you think there's anything working there? I think I heard that you know his people have been in touch with the Giants, but could a potential reunion with Odell Beckham Jr. and the Giants happen uh, in the next couple weeks, maybe next month, whenever it is? Yeah, well, I mean, he certainly has uh, has not done anything to put those those flames out. And then we you know got the chance to speak to Joe Shane last week, and he certainly left the door open. I've never really believed that it's likely. The the interesting factor is that it's now come out really that Odell is looking for a multi-year deal, which is interesting because you figure he's going to come back and, you know, maybe at best play six games. So is a team kind of sight unseen going to be willing to make a long-term commitment to a guy who's going to be, 30, you know, just turned 30 and has had two major knee injuries the last two years. I was thinking he would be looking to just sign, find the best situation, sign, hopefully have a run like he had with the Rams and then cash in in the off season. So that that's interesting because if it's for just this season, the Giants just don't have enough money because he's not going to just come right. sign somewhere for the minimum. So they can't do it. The multi-year deal, that makes it a little more interesting because you can get creative. You can give them, you know, a minimum deal this year with some you know, big roster bonus that kicks in next year. I mean, whatever. I mean, that's obviously for Joe Shane to, uh, to figure out. But I still don't think it's going to happen here. I just, I just, I just don't think that they're going to make that type of commitment that he's looking for. I mean, it always felt like he's going to go back to the Rams, but they're so far out of it. I don't know if that even makes sense for either side at this point. Yeah, and the pa- same that- with the Packers. They're not looking like they, you know, they're not looking as attractive as they did last year. I know right. Jerry Jones has weighed in. Well, that's but, uh, the one. When, when you start hearing him sniffing around and, and you start looking at places that might make some sense, uh, you know, because if you want to go contender, I think the Cowboys could probably use another receiver. If Jerry Jones really wants something, he usually gets it. So that's the one. That's kind of the dark horse because, yeah, I think it was always going to be L.A. or Buffalo. If I'm Odell Beckham Jr., knowing how he is, do you want to commit to live in Buffalo for the next couple of years or Dallas with, you know, beyond the America's team? That's seems like it would appeal more to him um but no, it's gonna be fascinating i mean i think we're kind of finally coming to some sort of conclusion here he's supposedly going to be cleared this week so i think at that point it becomes less of a hypothetical and teams need to uh start making offers and he needs to start making decisions so it's gonna be fascinating but that that's jerry jones comments and the cowboys entering the fray uh that that's certainly one to keep an eye on i would think awesome dan thanks for the time man i appreciate you joining my show tonight we'll talk again soon all right sounds good thanks Ladies and gentlemen, Dan Duggan. I think the first time I had him on, I was calling him Dan Duggan. It's Dan Duggan, Giants beat reporter for The Athletic. He does great work on Twitter at D-Duggan, D-U-G-G-A-N, 21 on Twitter. I I follow all his stuff to keep up with the Giants. The Odell Beckham stuff is interesting. Uh, I'm a Cowboys fan, so Cowboys fans are talking about Jerry Jones and his comments, but... uh, I'll say this about Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones has been playing cheap lately, right? Kind of like the Yankees. <laughs> you know, worth billions, worth worth six, seven billions like the Yankees. But, uh, you know, they're skimping on millions for little players here and there. Like the Cowboys released, well, they traded Amari Cooper because they didn't want to pay him. And they got like nothing for him. Uh, Jalen Rager was a better deal for the Eagles with the Vikings than Amari Cooper was with the Cowboys for the Browns. Think about that. They also didn't sign Randy Gregory. 
turns out they didn't need him, but they didn't want to pay him what he wanted. They also let go of Lyle Collins, who went to Cincinnati, Cedric Wilson, who went to Miami, Connor McGovern, who went to Miami, or Connor Williams, rather, who went to Miami. So what I'm saying is the Dallas Cowboys aren't necessarily the landing spot for Odell because of money, and you think of money when you think of Jerry Jones. But I don't know. I think there's something to the fact that Odell, like I just alluded to, he's 30. He's got a son that's not even a year old, I don't think. And his wife, um, she's a model. I actually used to work with her at MTV. I met her one time. Um, she used to be one of the Wild and Out girls. So she's familiar with New York. Uh, maybe they want to come back home. Odell's was drafted here. He's lived here. Maybe they want to come back here and have a reunion and, and live here for the next couple of years. And that could potentially work for the Giants if they um, don't front load that contract and kind of, you know, uh, stagger it where they'll have more money on the back end and not so much this year for the last six games or whatever it might be. I don't know. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.